Mike Rowe here with a few thoughts on my favorite sweatshirt, a classic zip-up hoodie that used to be navy blue but has since faded to what the fashionistas call a distressed indigo. It's 13 years old, soft as a flannel bathrobe, and after a few hundred dirty jobs, demonstrably and undeniably indestructible. This is the kind of sweatshirt girlfriends like to permanently borrow, but I've held on to this one because I got it from American Giant. American Giant makes all their stuff right here in the USA so they can control every link in their own supply chain. That matters because when you buy American Giant, you not only get great quality, you create jobs for people in factory towns all over the country. No pressure, but if you give a damn about the business of making things in America, you got to support the companies who are doing it right. Go to American-Giant.com slash Mike to get 20% off your first order. That's American-Giant.com slash Mike. This is a podcast from Minute Media. This is a podcast from Minute Media. Raina Troy Hotline. Alicia, Michael, what's going on? We know you have takes. We have takes. I'm actually surprised that your rant line, raid line, whatever, isn't completely full. Why can't we just win a game? Can I blame Michael Castillo for this? Can I blame Bob Connolly for this? Could I put on a zebra shirt and just go out there? Scratch, claw, up against the wall. Can't explain what I'm feeling right now, guys. Let's open up that rainbow! Woohoo! Oh, I can't believe USB has escaped the Groundhog Day existence and has ended the Helton era. Hello everybody, welcome back to Random Troy Radio. This is the CarCast after USC's 37-14 win over the Colorado Buffalo in Boulder. I'm your host, Mario Castillo, joined along with my co-host here in the Random Troy studio in Los Angeles, still at home, didn't go to the game. Uh, Joined along with my co-host, Alicia Deratola. Hello, everybody. Hello. Uh, this is the quickest car cast we've ever recorded because we, first of all, we sat down and recorded while the game was still on, uh, and then SC just bled out the clock on the uh, the final drive to ultimately uh, finish the game off and, and win 37-14. Yeah. I mean, we were able to, to sit back and say, hey, you want to just start the car cast now? And we're like, yeah, the game's over. So sure, let's do it. And USC hasn't given us the opportunity to do that very often. So yeah. I'm I'm pleased. I'll take it. Yeah, I don't have a lot to say. I mean, can I game. can I start can I start off with just like my thesis about this game? Go ahead. Fire okay. away. Okay, so thirty seven to fourteen is objectively a comfortable win, correct? Yeah. Uh the performance was a little bit good, a little bit bad. Would we would we agree with that? I think I, I won't say Bad. I don't think there was anything bad a about this bit, game. A little bit was, same old, same old, in sure, the sense that the, yes. d- the defense gave up the, the annoying plays that you'd rather they not give up. Yeah. Um, but it was not the Oregon State situation no. at all. Uh, it was more just the breakdowns that caused, that gave Colorado the opportunity to put 14 up on the board. Uh, those I, were... Those were seven of those were off of turn. Sorry, ten. Yeah, it was seven of those off of turnovers. Yeah, they scored on a short field and then a drive in which they had a defensive breakdown where they decided not to Six, cover a tight end. Yeah, as you as you said in a text message, a walk y looking tight end. Yeah. <laughs> so the the way I look at it, if if you're gonna let Colorado score 
You let them score on a short field and a play in which you had some wild breakdown when you didn't, and only score 14 points? When they didn't really threaten at any yes. other point in the now, game. Now, mind you, you cannot make those mistakes. You no. Can, you cannot give any team uh, a short field. You cannot uh, not cover but, a tight end. Okay, but, so here's but if you're going to do it against anyone, this is the team to do it against. Even great teams, even Alabama will give up the occasional touchdown. Even the Pete Carroll right. USC sure. teams would give up these kinds of stupid touchdowns. So, like, again, it's all it's all relative to how do you feel about USC? And if you feel very negative about USC, there were examples in this game of exactly why USC is not at their peak right now. I think that the offense settled for field goals when I didn't feel like they should be settling for field goals. Mm -hmm. The offense very much relied on the YOLO uh, Drake London offense, which I think is not a sustainable game plan for winning titles. Uh, but if you look at this game, just in the objective space in which we are in, where there is an interim head coach, where USC was coming off an embarrassing home loss to Oregon State, and we came into this talking in the preview about how we wouldn't be surprised if USC blew them out, but also we wouldn't be surprised if USC screwed this one up and just sort of the wheels fell off on this season, right? Right. So I was looking for... Are the wheels going to fall off this season? And instead, what we got was Keaton Slovis throwing three touchdown passes, Keontae Ingram running for more than 100 yards, the defense limiting Colorado to 2.9 sack-adjusted yards per carry, and the defense had five sacks, the defense got turnovers, uh, Drake London went off with 130 yards, and if the game had been more tight, he could have had a, a lot more than that. And I come away saying... This is as good as it's going to get, guys. USC fans, this is as good as it's going to get this season. So if you sat through this game fuming, if you sat through this game unable to enjoy Drake London and Keontae Ingram and Keaton Slovis and Drake Jackson and Jacob Lichtenstein and the whole shebang, if you if you went through this game and weren't able to enjoy any of that, you're about to have a real long season, kids, because this is as good as it's going to get. So the way I the way I view this is that was this was good. This is exactly what USC should do. They should go on the road to Colorado and do this to this Colorado team. And I'm going to give them credit for making a bad team look bad because they don't make bad teams look bad often enough. San Jose State is not a great team. They didn't make them look bad. Right. Um. Well, well the the thing is, if SC did this, um, all the time, um, if every time they played an inferior opponent, they won in this exact way. Nobody would have a problem with it. I, I think that, you know, when it's this coupled with... Because in this game, you know, there's things you can point to that, you know, were meh or whatever. Uh, we, like you said, not finishing off drives, uh, red zone struggles, still apparent, all those sort of things. Yes, we talked in the preview, Colorado's defense is considerably better than their offense, but Colorado's defense isn't, uh, you know, impenetrable. Um uh, so SC should have been able to finish off more drives. But um, this is what you're supposed to do to a bad team. This is what they did. And you're right. Like, if this is a season that is a YOLO season in the sense of, you know, that there's everyone is a lame duck coach. Uh, you got to figure most of the roster is a lame. It, a lot of it is a lame duck roster. There's going to be turnover. There's going to be guys leaving. There's going to be transfers. There's going to be all those sort of things that happen with the coaching change, right? And you just got to take what you get. 
And this is what you kind of wanted to see because we talked about it after the Clay Helton firing, right? Like the the narrative after the Clay Helton firing for a lot of fans was, oh, I can watch games and enjoy the players again. Yeah. Well, well, this was the game for you then. Yes, this was that game. Because Drake London is amazing, and Keontae Ingram is loads of fun he to looks, watch. Tote he the looks Rock. so fun. Yeah. And and like and and that's my and that this is my thing is, I think USC fans need to have like a little bit of a come to Jesus moment here and just let it all run like let it all let let it all breathe. Let it let just again if you if you after Clay Helton got fired if you said well I get to enjoy games now this is the game you're supposed to enjoy. This is the game you're supposed to sit back and go like, yeah, this is a lot. This is this is fun. I get to appreciate Drake London being a boss. I get that one-handed catch that he made Insane. that I legitimately Insane. thought I uh, my eyeballs saw that ball fall incomplete. And I thought Slovis threw it away. I thought it was just. I thought. I swear to God, I thought I saw. I saw the ball hit the ground. I swear until the replay happened. And like you and I are both sitting there. I'm getting ready to talk about how like it's very frustrating. USC at the goal line. This this being their offense, and then they're signaling touchdown, and you and I are just looking at each other like, he caught that? He did, like, how? How on earth did that ever happen? And that's a lot of fun. It's a fun to see Michael Trigg go go Randy Moss on a dude. It's fun to see um, uh, Taj Washington running through, cutting through a defense with the ball in his hands. It's fun to see Keontae Ingram go off. It's fun to see Drake J- Jackson find a way to fumble intercept. I mean, to to grab a, a fumbleception or whatever it is that 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 thing turned out to be. Whatever the stat makers had it like. These things are really fun, and and it was a very comfortable game to watch. I don't think I was stressed for many parts of this game, uh, and and I appreciate that. I'm excited. Like I'm excited about not having to have about being able to sit down for this car cast right now. And not have that much to, like, there's not much to say about, like, the, the, the meaning, the grander meaning of this game, because there is no grander meaning to this game. It was just a game of football, and there were some plays that I'm going to remember for a while, because Drake London's a damn beast. He hurdled the dude in this game. He, he's amazing. Yeah. Get my, my goal for the season, I, I think we can have a conversation about the Pac-12 South and whether or not USC still has a chance, which, side note, they do. Uh, but really my goal for the season is just get Drake London, the Bolitnikoff. Like, that's all I care about. So I'm not going to sit here going like Keaton Slovis should target people that aren't Drake, uh, that should, shouldn't just key in on Drake London and and USC can't do this. Then the other thing It's like, no YOLO to Drake London all day long. I don't care. Just get in the Bolitnikoff. Nothing else matters, guys. This isn't the office USC is going to be running next year. So like, doesn't really matter. Get Drake London the ball, get in the Bolitnikoff. I can I can just sort of like sit back and, and and appreciate a good play when it comes around because next week there might not be this many good plays and then where will we be sitting here miserable again? So I'm looking at the stats and I I don't want to spoil the Fallout episode, but I'm looking at the stats and then I pull up the over under while you're talking and I'm like going through and making sure that I'm grading the the, the Google form. And I go through, I'm like, oh, yeah, we said 13 and a half Drake London targets. Uh, well, it was 14, so that's over. Uh, we said 13 and a half Keontae Ingram carries. It was 14. Yeah, was I know, over. right? Uh, and then we said 13 <laughs> and a half Colorado points. Uh, it was 14 That and was 14. Over. We yeah. had three different 13.5 over-unders, and, and they were, were all 14. Over at 14. It's incredible. Amazing. It's incredible. How good are we? We're, we're so good. I mean, I'm very frustrated because <laughs> I think I'm on the wrong end of two of those, but... Like it's uh, it's just one of the you know 
This is just one of those games that's just kind of dumb and also very forgettable. And that's fine. I'd rather it be forgettable in a way that that uh, Colorado is a, is not a good team. And the one area that Colorado is good at, USC made them look not good at. And it was just it was just fine. Like it was fine. Is that is it okay for something to just be fine? Does it have to be end of the world or best thing ever all the time? Can it just be that was fine? I think when you're SD coming off of last week, fine. You absolutely take fine. And you, like you said, you had an interim head coach, an interim head coach who's never been a head coach before, never even been a coordinator before. Um, you get boat raced at home by Oregon State. Yeah, I think being fine should be fine. Yeah, I mean, it's an upgrade on last week, which was literally the this is fine gif with the fire all over the place. <laughs> like, this is a non-ironic, non-meme, non-anything fine. It's, fi- it's fine. Like, is that okay? Keaton Slovis was fine today. Was he exceptional? Nah, he was, okay. he was fine. But, like, fine is three touchdowns and no interceptions. Fine is getting the ball to your best player, which is Drake London who should win the Bolitnikov. And so let's keep throwing the ball to him 14 times a game if that means he's going to win the Bolitnikov. It's not like he doesn't deserve those targets. Yeah. He's going to make those... He makes nine catches but on them. I, I think it's interesting, the, the Drake London stuff, because really the first half of this game, uh, mostly the first quarter, it was all Drake London. Uh, after the end of the first quarter, he had five catches for 96 yards. From that point on, four catches for, what, 34 yards? Yeah. Uh, so he Gary Bryant Jr. got a got a, a nice touchdown. Yeah, Gary Bryant Jr. and, I mean, and Michael Trigg had they got had Taj, the other touchdowns. They got Taj Washington involved. Yep. Um, and and, and this, there was this conversation on on Twitter that I, I think I agree with. I would rather see them get Taj Washington involved underneath than to continue yeah. to try these long shots to him, which we know he has aerial abilities, but he's also five ten and and I'd rather they go the the deep shots to Gary Bryant, who's going to run past guys, mm-hmm. or to uh, to Michael Trigg, who, or Michael Trigg, who's going to go up and make the make the play. And this was one of the nice developments of this game is I think Michael Trigg is starting to emerge as a a target for USC, and and I want to see him emerge the same way that Drake London emerged, where he's not the primary target, but if he's your third target, fourth target in a game, he'd be really dangerous. Yeah. Most teams don't know how to deal with a guy like Michael Trigg or a guy like Drake London. You have both on the field at the same time. You're giving them extra, extra trouble. And to the to to, to Keaton Slovis's credit, to the offense's credit, Gary Bryant Jr.'s touchdown is made by Drake London because Colorado has to blanket him with three different guys. Yeah. So now you're giving an opportunity to someone else, and you're not forcing it into Drake London. You're finding Gary Bryant, and right. he gets well, the which th- is what Keaton Slovis should have done at the end of the first drive. Yeah, where uh, it's it's at the first and the second drive. The first time they got into the red zone, where it's a third down play, and Keaton goes to Drake London three straight plays. The first one was a deep shot. He gets he gets blitzed up the middle uh, and has to get it away. I don't mind it. Don't whatever. Mind it, yeah. It's it's a deep shot going to the end zone. Uh, from, after that, though. There, the third down play is a pass to Drake London in triple coverage, uh, in which he had other options. He had more time than I think he had. He thought he had. Well, I don't. I don't like the play design either. The play before that, I think, was a this really nice little um, uh, like play action rollout move the move the pocket over, or maybe a couple plays before move the pocket out and to the right. Yep, that was really fun. And then they line up for the third down, and it's like trips left. 
they're they're inviting the defense to get all crowded over there i don't know if they were trying to set up a pick play but it certainly didn't materialize but but i think on on those type of things what you want i think what you want to see in the red zone is one of two things you want to see them either force colorado to take away drake london and open up other targets or you get creative with how you're you're running your routes, you you run your crossers, your mesh concepts, and all those kind of things to find ways to get Drake London open. So you're not just relying on fade routes because we we know the fade routes are gonna work with Drake London because he'll go up and get it. But be a little more creative and and to Graham Harrell's credit, I think the the play calling in the red zone has been considerably better the last few weeks. Yes. We talked about it after the Stanford game. There were two plays that worked. They were totally different. As they they, they drew up, and Keaton Slovis could not mix up with his receivers who who had the balls go off their their fingertips. Well, we can put 50-50 blame on Slovis and the receivers on both of those. Uh, Drake London and um, Gary Bryant Jr. have the ball go off their fingertips in the end zone. They catch those two passes. The game is completely different, but they had an opportunity because they created space for those receivers to make the play. They did not make the play. The throw wasn't completely perfect, right? And you saw this week, uh, you saw against Washington State that little, um, the the little throw out of the backfield the uh, to Gary Bryant Jr. at the goal line was was great. Uh, the the play for the for the touchdown to Gary Bryant Jr. in this game was fantastic, and it all goes in with Slovis making his reads, using uh, London as the decoy, drawing guys away, and finding the, the man wide open uh, on a slant in the middle, and that's what you do. That's, that, that's how you do it. That's how you draw it up. Uh, and it works when it works. Uh, it's just a matter of getting those plays to work, and they work for SC. You'd like to see more of those sort of work when they have drives that, that don't end. Uh, in in touchdowns, because of which there were three, uh, three field goals in this game for Parker Lewis, 30, 44, and 49. The 49 is career long. He's now six of, he was six of six coming into the game. He's now nine of nine for the season. Uh, on pace, I did the math for about 23.4 field goal attempts uh, in a 13 game season, which would be the most since 2016 when Matt Bormeister had 25. It's a lot. Yeah, we don't want to see that. It, it is a lot, but I, he's making them. I have. I, I'm. I'm we, we talk about Drake London being in the uh, Bolitnikov, um award race, and I think at this point he might be the leader in the clubhouse because not only does he have the stats, he has the highlight reel plays, and he had, like the combo of those things. I think make it really hard to get unseated. The only way that you're going to sort of beat him is if like. You know, someone like Alabama has a has a receiver who goes off in big games, which absolutely well, the big, can happen. The big games are going to be the problem that Drake London that he's not going to have the have. advantage. Of. Yeah, no. But if he puts up crazy stats and crazy highlights, I think he can. Yeah, he he can uh, get away with it uh, with not having the big moments in the big games. But I think there's another player. Who I think we might have to start talking about um, in, in the award discussion. Could Groza award winning kicker could Parker, Parker Lewis? Lewis be in the Groza nine I, for nine? Genuinely, I don't know how one ends up being a 
grows a candidate at the end. I, I don't I know how one ends do. up being a finalist. I, I don't know how one ends up winning that. I, 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 I don't know enough to say. I think usually what you would end up doing is going through and saying, okay, who has the most kicks, the most made? Um, who's the are, most reliable? Who's the most reliable with the with the stats to back it up? Does he get then, disqualified and, for a targeting ejection? That's I, the funny I mean, it, thing, it's too. It's not is place kicking. He's nine of nine this season, and he missed an entire game. And he missed a game. <laughs> That's the thing, too, because I was when I was looking up the stats, I was thinking... He's attempted like three or four a game, it feels like. Yeah. Yeah, but he did miss a game. Yeah. So he has nine in four games. Yeah. Not five. Yeah. I mean, so Al, at that pace, having... at that pace, he could he could uh, uh, eclipse Matt Bormeister's 25 of the most in, in recent memory. But uh, let's talk about more about this game and more big picture stuff after the break. All right, Alicia, we were recording this game while we were watching Notre Dame and Cincinnati. Cincinnati, they were up 17-0 at at half. Every time I look over, they're missing a field goal. They're missing a field goal. They're leaving points on the board. Speaking of teams that need Parker Lewis. Yeah, the second half has been unwell to to the Bearcats, and it looks like Notre Dame has just pulled in within a field goal. So uh, 17-14, pending a PAT at the moment. We'll see if, uh, if... Cincinnati can hold on. Uh, the The Irish have gone to the backup quarterback, so yeah, things gotta, are, gotta, things are changing that over in South Bend, maybe. Uh, but uh, let's talk about this game. Big picture, SC gets the win. They do the things that they were supposed to that we talked about. They beat a bad team. Um, let's talk about the defense. Um, in terms of expectations for this game, I think we agree that they met the expect the expectations especially coming off of last week they they held colorado that yes did they give up a season high point total to colorado yes but, but 14 but it points was 14 is still points 14 and points. one more point than they had before so. you don't want to be the team that gives them their biggest passing play of the season but also 14 points is 14 points and like i said in the intro colorado is good at one thing they're good at running the ball and USC held them to 2.9 sack-adjusted yards. Their yes. average rushing yards with the sacks in there is 1.9. Right. So USC got the better of them in in, we, in all the important facets. And We talked about if, if the way to stop them is to make uh, Brandon Lewis beat you. He yeah. went 10 of 17, 162 yards. It's weird because I think the numbers look semi-decent for, for Brandon Lewis. But he did not look threatening. He did not look remotely threatening. No. Threw a really wobbly ball. Um, I I was not necessarily impressed with him. Um, but I think the the most important thing is, as a rusher, he ran the ball three times on plays that were not deemed a sack. He got sacked five times in this game. Season high for USC, a team that has had three games in which they've gotten bagel, zero sacks. Um, they got five in this game. And you look at Brandon Lewis's stats, he ends up with eight rushes for negative 21 yards. That means only three real rushes. Three. Yeah. They, this, is, this is a guy that, if he was going to beat SC, he could have done it with his legs, too. He did not do that in this game. I thought USC's defensive front did their job. Um, yeah. I'm still still not very impressed by USC's linebackers, but I thought that Jacob Lichtenstein looked good. Doesn't help when, when Raylan Goforth when Raylan goes Goforth off with a, with a targeting. real... 
obvious targeting call? I mean, it was an obvious targeting call and that they're they're definitely not going to overturn it. I still think that that is not the kind of targeting that I would eject somebody for. No, it's the targeting I would eject somebody for. You I don't just, hit a quarterback. I just don't like, tar- I don't like targeting ejections. The quarterback is sliding. You put your hand down and tag them down. <sighs> yeah. Anything. Like- but like later on, um, Ray Scott got hit with a, a penalty for a late hit because the rest of USC's defense is, you know, tippy-toeing around stopping the quarterback as he's taking off running. And Ray Scott actually goes in to try and tackle him, and the dude takes a knee, and then Ray Scott is hitting him, and it's like bang bang. And you know what? Are you, like I just think if you're a defender, you're—I don't know what you're supposed to do all the time there. It was an obvious targeting by the by the rule. You're gonna you're gonna eject Ray and go forth. I just don't like the rule. I, I I'm fine with flags for targeting. I'm time I'm fine with targeting ejections being on the table. I just I don't know that that's. Personally, I don't know that I would eject somebody for that particular foul um, that 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 Raylan Goforth committed. But aside from that, I just thought the defensive front looked good. I thought I thought that Drake Drake Jackson. This is the kind of game that USC needs Drake Jackson to have more often, where you know he's on the field, you're conscious of him being on the field the whole time, and he made plays left and right. He was getting pressure. He was getting sacks. He got that fumbleception. He he was a, a difference maker on this defense. And Lichtenstein looked good, and we saw a little bit from uh, Nick Figaro. We saw a little bit from Corey Foreman. I just thought that they were there was there was more life to the to the front, um, and that pressure made a difference. But this is the this is exactly the kind of quarterback that you can get that advantage over by just getting him under pressure, making him uncomfortable. And these are things that USC will need to do against teams like Utah next week, and against Notre Dame, and against future opponents where. You have to start getting to the quarterback. Yeah, I thought it was a huge game for Drake, Drake Jackson. You look, you look at the numbers, two sacks, uh, a pass breakup, a quarterback hurry, and a fumble recovery on that fumbleception, which was Tuli Tuipolotu's sack. Yeah. Uh, so he was all over the place, super, super active. That's the type of day that you put together and get Pac-12 Defensive Player of the Week yes. honors for. Uh, we'll see if he does get that. Um, obviously, we'll we'll see what everyone else does. But that that's what you wanted to see out of Drake Jackson. That's what you're expecting in year three is someone who has basically already said he's declaring for the NFL and put the spotlight on him like that. A, a, a player who didn't play much last week in the in the second half, right? Mm-hmm. And so you wanted to see a, a big uh, return there. Um, and then the other one is Jacob Lichtenstein, who also has a pair of sacks, a pair of tackles for loss in that uh, three total tackles. Arguably his best game as a Trojan. He's someone who I think I would compare to Jonathan Lockett as in someone who's always seemingly impressive in uh, practice. And you're always expecting more out of him, but yet there ends up being an injury or, or something that kind of keeps him off the field. This was the moment where you're like, yeah, he's every bit as good as, as Nick Figueroa probably. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and that's... That's what you you need to start having those guys those young guys proceed. You need to start having them challenge. He's not even the young guy anymore. Well, I mean that that's young young. Well, okay, yeah, not young guy, um, not super experienced guys. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know necessarily how to phrase it. Just because there are some guys out there who are older now, but we haven't seen a lot of them 
for a million different reasons. And when they get on the field, they need to start making it making it hard to take them off the field. Yeah, 100%. Uh, big picture on the offense. They, they do turn things around. Uh, they are able to uh, get in the end zone. 37 points is the season high. Uh, it's the most since what uh, that UCLA game last last year. So maybe that's a not a most since blah 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 because it hasn't been that long. But but USC is not pushing thirty seven points very often, which no. has been my biggest complaint about this offense when for they a should long time. Be. Yeah. yeah. Ooh, Cincinnati with a long game down the middle up the seam to the tight end. Oh, I love it. In business, I love it. I love it. Business six twenty one left. Uh, the Bearcats down 17-13. What are you <laughs> looking for the Bearcats to do? And here you go. The cornerback drops back. Looks, he finds his man. It's not the tight end. It's a receiver on a four verts. They, they went four verts and just found him right over the top. I think it is a tight end over over a, uh, a linebacker. Look at that. Linebacker, big, uh, big wide receiver. Uh, um, split out wide. Um, a Michael Trigg, Drake London-esque. Yeah. Uh, Which, are I, you a tight end or are you a wide receiver? I, it doesn't really matter because you're going to catch the ball. We, we tweeted when he caught the touchdown, uh, tight end touchdown, and someone's like, yeah, but he's not really a tight end. Like That's the glory of that position. Because we talked about it for so long, Drake London was a receiver playing as a tight end. Yes, and yet here is Michael Trigg, and he's a tight end playing as a receiver. Well, and like, when like, he caught that genius, of when it. he caught that pass, he's playing on the outside essentially in a receiver yeah. in a receiver role. But mm-hmm. when you have those guys, you can move them around, and when they're on the inside, they're dangerous. When they're on the outside, they're dangerous, and and that's yeah. that's an advantage that USC has. But I'd like to see USC taking advantage of those mismatches more often, and and I was glad to see them do it in this game. I think this is something that they maybe could have done better against Oregon State, and maybe they could have had a a, a shootout situation there. Yeah. Uh, All right. Next week, USC and Utah. The Trojans have never lost at home to the Utah Utes. Cincinnati just scores, and they're up double digits again. Uh, Big big score for the Bearcats. Uh, Anyways. (laughs) Side Side note. Um, USC and Colorado. SC had never ever lost to Colorado. That that con- streak continues for another season. This was USC's eleventh win over them in Pac-12 play. They're eleven and zero there, and they're like four and zero beyond that at this point. Uh, anyways, Utah has never won uh, against the Trojans at the Coliseum. I believe they beat UCLA there, like in the sixties or something like that. But They've never beat SC at the Coliseum? Something like that. Uh, either way, yeah, never beat SC at the Coliseum. What has to, what do you need to see next week? Uh, and did this performance give you the peace of mind for going into that game? Or not, because two weeks ago we would have said that going into Oregon State, you know, after SC boat raced Washington State in the second half. Under Clay Hilton, it got kind of easier to make picks for games because you could ask yourself, is this a home game? Okay, USC's going to win. And is this the road game? Okay, USC's going to lose. And the opposite has happened now. With, I believe SC has eight straight road wins. Yeah, and, and, and the Coliseum has been a nightmare in these first two games. So And like that eight straight road wins, like that's up for one of the longest streaks in the country. In the country, not yeah. the longest at this yeah. point. It's the longest in Pac-12. So it's it just very strange to gauge because the, the Coliseum is not the fortress that it was. And I'm not sure why that is. Is it just because USC had the misfortune? Was USC going to lose to Stanford and Oregon State even if they were on the road? Yeah. Uh, I'd, 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 maybe. I don't know. But I'm not certain coming back to the Coliseum and thinking like, 
okay, does USC have a home problem? Does USC have a an issue with either getting hyped up the way they need to? I Maybe they're responding better thing. to... to like, it might, yeah, it might be the, a sample the, size the, thing. The winning streak was what was it, nineteen home games in a row that yeah. Clay Helton had won. Well, but most of those, home, it just so happened that the home games tended to be the easier games. They tended and, to be the easier games, but also nineteen games. Like think about baseball, nineteen games in baseball is nothing. I, I no, nah, but it, in it's, football, it's in football, it, it wasn't. It was a. It was an objectively like USC tended to win the games at home. That was yes, objectively right. something that Clay Elton did. And but, I but it's not like those nineteen games were like the perfect nineteen games. No, no, no. I, I'm not saying they were, but there was something reliable about it. Yeah. These two games that USC lost at home are exactly the games that USC would have won at home during that streak, and the ones that they would have lost on the road. On the road, yeah. So and I, now I, it's the end. I just think it's it's just hard to gauge now. Um, Utah is a vulnerable team. They they have lost to um, the 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 better teams that they faced, and they've they've beat Washington State, which is exactly what USC did. So right. I don't know what to gauge out of Utah. The other thing you talk about the they faced the tough teams on the road before, and the and the easier teams at home. Well, the inverse is also true because you look at the teams that SC has beaten on the road in this streak. Uh, Colorado has the worst offense ever, right? Uh, Washington State, who bad. has no pulse. Yeah. Uh, last year's UCLA team probably the best team that they've beaten on the road. Well, I don't this think streak. last year. I, I like. I don't. I'm not trying to. I'm not bringing up streaks because the streaks. These streaks don't matter because 2020 was. No, I throw know that, that out the window. Anything like that. Yeah. I'm just saying this season. Right. USC has, saying, has turned up on the road yeah, when you expect them no, to not no, turn agree. up on the I, road, I, and they haven't turned yes, up at home when yes. you expect them to turn up You've at home. I agree. So which yeah. team, which of these, which USC are we going to see? Because Utah is a team they should beat at home. Right. But, uh, but Because I'm Utah's saying not, we, Utah, Utah barely beat Washington State. Yes, but I think that there are trends from this year that do correlate to last year, too. And I think that when you talk about the eight-game road winning streak, I think it's easy to be like, oh, well, this team is just great on the road now. And again, no, I brings- wonder if this team is just responding better to this team. This team says it's us against the world. Uh, yes. We only got us, whatever, blah, 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 all that kind of stuff. Maybe they're just responding better to hostile environments because maybe that's what fires them up. And when they get I, to the Coliseum, they're not getting fired up because the Coliseum I is would, the Coliseum. I would agree. But again, look at the teams. We. The point that right, you made. Right, but my my point is none of these things. Like it's flip a coin. None of this matters because we can't make sense of anything that's happened this season. So sure, there's no like, but there's no rhyme or reason to it. Are, are Stanford and Oregon State not objectively the best two teams SC has played this year? Yeah, and they played them at home. Yeah, and they got beaten. Badly and they got by beat both. at home. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, but Utah is objectively the middlingest team that USC is going to face this year. Yeah, so, so it's going to be so interesting what happens. What are they going to do? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah that uh, we will see what happens next it's week. It's a very important game because maybe we'll talk in the main show, but USC still has the door open for the Pac-12 South. One of UCLA and ASU is going to lose uh, tonight. And yep. it is imperative well, that USC wins their Pac-12 South games now. I... I know people don't like to hear that, but um, the, the the way it is, yes, if SC wins out, they're going to win the Pac-12 South. UCLA or ASU, whoever wins that game tonight, is not going to go perfect to the point where SC would have lost the Pac-12 South by losing last week against Oregon State. So 
But, again, would you bet on USC doing that? Absolutely not. Absolutely not. I would not bet on USC doing that. Because, as we've seen, they've been up one week, down the next, up on the road against I'm, bad teams, and struggling at home against good teams. One, one, is is Utah one of on, those good teams? I don't know. We're going to have to find one out. One of the guys on Twitter has is, is been tweeting, and I've now I'm on board. It's the every other week. So... It's just, USC's just going to seesaw back and forth every other week. Win, loss, win, loss, win, loss. So if that happens, the next week will be a loss, and then USC will go to Notre Dame and win. I I don't disagree, but again, <laughs> Washington State and Colorado are bad. Like, they're yeah. bad. They're yeah. bad. So. But it's more fun if USC loses to Utah and beats Notre Dame. Not that it's so any of So how does the bye fun. week affect the every other week? Oh, well, that's a problem. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So maybe you win the bye week, lose the game. Yeah. Yikes. Mm. All right. All right. Uh, that's going to wrap up this episode. Thanks for listening. As always, now's your time. Call it into the rant line, which is the rave line, whatever. 213 373 1872. Again, the phone number 213 373 1 USC. Second Woods Show. And that's going to wrap it up. Uh, email address rent of Troy at fanside.com. Uh, that's how you can reach us as well. Lisa, uh, 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 Alicia, final word. Final word is Stanford's. Beating Oregon by 10? That is the most predictable thing I've ever seen. In Stanford the, has this weird half? penchant for always beating Oregon and UCLA. So Stanford's... And SC, apparently. Kind of maybe okay, sort of? Stanford's going to lose to someone stupid, but they're going to yeah. beat the teams that are probably better than them. Yeah. yeah. All right. On paper. Yeah. Stanford's clearly better than the So, All right. See ya. See ya. See ya. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets If you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. And it works everywhere I write. Summarizing a doc only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done.